Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband, Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family, because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I have my friend Amber Collum here with me today and she's been on before. So if you haven't listened to the other episode we had together, please go back and listen to it. But Amber has kicked off this amazing podcast called Grace Enough. And if you haven't listened to it, I encourage you to do that today. I listen to it weekly. I love it. It's awesome. Um, she brings really great content with really great interviews and questions. So thank you, Amber, for joining me again on mine. Thank you. Thank you, Ashley. I appreciate the introduction. Absolutely. I, I was just telling Amber that I'm essentially copying what she's doing because I love <laughs> what she's done with her podcast. And so I'm copying her. And so if you like anything that I'm doing, go listen to hers because I get some ideas <laughs> definitely from her. That's what we have to do. Copy other people. Exactly. <laughs> we're doing it right. Why recreate the wheel, right? That's right. So the one topic that you had suggested talking about, which really interested me was how to rethink comparison. Because I would say for me, comparison has probably been a struggle as long as I can remember in school, yeah. academically, or you know, physical appearance as I was developing as a, a girl into a woman and comparing to other girls, just, I can remember memories of that and just how it's been a struggle to fight for friendship over comparing to a girl and being afraid and intimidated by them because I didn't think I measured up. So I am so thankful and encouraged to hear that you have a different perspective for us today. And so I want to jump right in if you're okay with that, because our time is going to yeah. fly as it always yeah. does. And let's just jump in because you have thoughts on how we can rethink this. So my first question, and I know you're into Enneagram, so you can appreciate I'm an Enneagram three. I believe you're one. Is that yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I gravitate to ones and threes. So yeah. if you're one, one, three or eight really is my life. If you're one, three or eight, you should be in my the life. The fiery ones. <laughs> the fiery ones. I know. Why do I do this to myself? So as an Enneagram three, a performer, achiever, you can imagine comparison is a big part of that in monitoring success and how I'm doing in life is comparison. And I can often determine my worth by comparison, mm -hmm. but that can definitely get me into trouble. So what would you say to others that are using comparison as a way of determining their worth? I mean, the first thing that I would say is that we have to acknowledge that comparison is a normal part of assessing the reality around you. I think so often we come at it and so many other topics as don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And so often that provides us no framework or frame of mind to say, but I am doing it. So what does that mean? Sometimes if we just normalize it, not normalize it like everyone should do it because there's certainly unhealthy comparison, but to realize like that is actually the way our brains have been wired to assess reality. So if we completely take comparison off the table, how do we know right and wrong? How do we know good and bad? How do I mean we don't we won't know those things. I mean we learn as kindergartners to take a cat and a dog 
what's the same and what's different. That's comparing and contrasting. We take, we get a little bit older and we do Venn diagrams, you know, the little circles, they cross over. What in the middle is the same and what on the outside is different? Well, the reason why we learn to do that is because we need to be able to assess what's going on around us. And so as an Enneagram 3 or as anyone, I mean, I, it's not like this has been my attitude my whole life. I have struggled intensely with comparison. And we'll get into that a little bit about, you know, the, the main thing is we have to stop the runaway train, as I like to call it, and do a heart check. Mm -hmm. And so I'll dig into that a little bit because some personalities are going to be more likely to compare and go down the really dangerous road. And some people will go down the road of, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going there. And so mm -hmm. as we dig in a little bit more, I'll talk talk about kind of how we can do that. That's awesome. I think you're right. From a very early age, we start seeing this. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing it in my little four-year-old in the comments she's mm -hmm. making, just comparing to other kids at school yeah, or even the princesses that she's seeing, you know, in movies that she's yeah. making comparisons from herself to them. So I've often heard, and you've quoted this too, like, don't compare yourself to others or comparison is the thief of joy. Mm -hmm. Which I think that those probably have some valid aspects to them. Yes. But how do you see it maybe as a tool to point us towards godliness? Yeah. So the thing with comparison is, so Abigail Dodds is an author and she is the one who first really got me digging into this. And I'm going to just look at this quote so I don't mess it up because she says, comparison is a fundamental part of being human because it's how we acquaint ourselves with reality. And so when, I mean, that's kind of what I said before, but when you think about your daughter comparing herself to a princess, we can automatically just think, oh, she's looking at only the vain parts. Yeah. But instead we can say, what is it about that princess that is the image of God? What do we see in mankind in general? That mm -hmm. is the image of God because we have common grace. Every single one of us have something inside of us that bears that image, whether you belong to him or not. Mm -hmm. And so those are the types of things that I say can point you towards godliness in a sense of, you know, it says be imitators of Christ. That's what God's word says. How can we imitate Christ if we're not paying attention to the things around us and to Christ in people? Mm -hmm. um, and so that is a part of comparing and contrasting. And so I want to make sure that everyone understands I am not saying that we need to adopt a practice of comparison all the time. Mm -hmm. But I do think we need to realize that you're going to do it. Your children are going to do it. And we can do it in a good way and we can do it in a bad way. And so we want to start taking those thoughts and training them more towards the way of why am I comparing myself to this person, to this situation? Mm -hmm. Is it pointing me towards godliness? Right. Is it making me want to model Jesus more or is it leading to envy and all of the other things? Well, that's where it's interesting. Like in small group from church, when we have conversations, sometimes what other couples are doing in their marriage, in their mm -hmm. family, in their faith walk that spur me on to love and good deeds. Yes. And I think you have to be careful because is your motivation like to get the accolade or is it to spur one another on? But, right. you know, I'd made the recommendation, like, let's all, we were going to all share our faith within a month's time frame, And I was like, and let's share like those testimonies with one another, not to like puff ourselves up, but to say, well, if you're doing it, then I can do it. And that encourages me. So I would yeah. think an example of comparison that's 
pushing you towards that's right yeah and it's accountability right i mean it says iron sharpens iron but unless we look at what someone else is doing then how can we ever adopt that practice and some people will say well you shouldn't be looking at what else what someone else is doing but i'm like wait a minute that's what we do when we learn in books that's, I mean, that's what we do in all of life. That's what we tell our kids. What would Jesus do? Well, if we don't compare ourselves to him, then how can we be like him? And so that's more of that nuance of realizing that completely taking comparison off the table would really lead to a pretty boring and somewhat pointless life, I think. And I think what you're saying is like, have heart checks. So what's your motivation and where is this taking you? Is it taking Mm -hmm. you down the positive path or is it taking you down a a negative road of comparison? So I have to ask because we're in this world of social media, Mm -hmm. how do you see social media playing a part in comparison in a negative way? Yeah. Well, I mean, some of the dangers of comparison are resentment, envy, pride. Um, The list goes on and on. Discouragement, discontentment. And so oftentimes in social media, we're usually seeing images. We're only seeing the highlight reels of people's lives. And I used to sometimes think, oh, whatever, they're just putting the best parts out. But sometimes that's just what we want to hear. We want to know what you're doing well. We want to hear what you're an expert at. Now, we want to hear real, authentic things as well. But I think social media, because it's so much of what we filter our day through that it can very quickly look like they have it together and they have it together. And before you know it, we're focused on what we don't have, what our weaknesses are, instead of maybe looking at that person or those people and saying, what is it? You know, they get up at 5 a.m. every morning and work out. Oh, I could never do that. Well, I don't know. Maybe I could. Do I actually want that? Is that really something that I want? Because the reality is you may be jealous of it and comparing yourself to them. But then at the end of the day, it may not really be what you want. And so that's the thing with social media. I think in our brain, we think we can have it all, but you can't. Uh, That's just not real life because you're looking at, you know, 150 people and all of their greatest moments. I think for me, the perfect example is that, you know, the picture, the professional picture you have of your family that you post on social media. (laughs) And we've all been there where we're like screaming 30 minutes before that to get the clothes on that we want to coordinate and not to spill that and don't hit your sister and don't pull her hair. Like all the crazy that goes into making this picture. It's not a real snapshot of reality. So it's like, I can almost filter when I look at those pictures through that lens of, I wonder what 30 minutes before that picture looked like. That's right. That's probably more real life, but this is a really pretty portrait that they, you know, created to just try and remind myself that that image is not reality, but it's a, it's a fun artistic expression of their family in that moment, you know? So I think that's a way to check yourself for sure with social media. Well, and I think too, when I think about comparison, you know, it's not so much the assessing reality that is the problem. It really is our sin nature because Mm -hmm. we come into it with these two overarching ideas. I am better than, or I don't measure up. And that sometimes is what we ascribe to people because we want to feel good 
Or on the other hand, we're those people who we just never measure up. So we're constantly going to beat ourselves up. And so that's where the heart check, which at this point I have learned, you know, in my life, I have learned part of the way that I can take my thoughts captive is to really have some key questions that every time I'm facing something, I immediately ask myself those. And so, um, I mean, I can go ahead and share those unless you have another question. I definitely have more, but I would love to hear that. Yeah. So with a heart check, I mean, the first thing, as soon as I notice that I'm comparing myself with someone or with something, I ask myself, why am I comparing? And that sounds so basic, but do you know how far, I mean, and you know, we're, we're humans. We can be so far down a path before we ever just stop and ask ourselves, why am I comparing myself to them? You know, and not not making it about like trying because sometimes we'll compare ourselves to people and we'll we want to make ourselves feel better. So we do try to take them to their worst possible scenario. And that's not healthy either. You know, but instead, like, why am I? Why am I doing this right now? Maybe you didn't get a good night's sleep last night. Maybe you're feeling inferior because someone else did something a little better than you. There's so many things. And then the next thing is, is the comparison actually achieving me or achieving anything that's going to motivate me towards change? You know, is it doing any of that? Because a lot of times we want to see different results, but instead of during the comparison thinking like, what could I do that that person's doing that would make me maybe achieve a goal? For example, for me, I'm just an early morning person. And I tell people all the time, the goal is to get in God's word. Don't beat yourself, whether it's at 5 a.m. You know, so you don't need to adopt the practice. That's something else that Abigail Dodd says. It's not about adopting a person's practice, but what principle do they do? For example, you know, you work out and you teach. Well, okay, I would like to be more fit because I actually feel better. So mm -hmm. what could I do? And maybe I need to just ask you that. And so sometimes it's asking, okay, go to the person and ask the question. Stop mulling over in your head, getting it to something else that it's not. And then is this comparison fulfilling the command that I'm to glorify God? Uh, and that's from Isaiah. And I can guarantee you most of the time the answer is no. But there's something that switches in our mind when we ask ourselves those questions that will turn you from, you know, it's like a U-turn in the middle of the road. It will get you off of that downward spiral much, much quicker if you just begin to ask yourself those questions. I love that. And it's just stopping that train mm -hmm. thought of taking us down a path that we should not be going. I mean, That's taking right. our, our thoughts captive is scripture that we need to be doing yeah. that. And so if you can stop yourself and then also just, I've seen, you know, growing up that I, end up steering clear of the people that I have envy towards or jealousy or that I actually look up to and actually see lots of wonderful, beautiful traits in their yeah. faith and their family and their marriage. But out of my insecurity, I yeah. stray away and I lose out on an opportunity at a really great friendship or someone who could spur me on to doing some mm -hmm. of these things that I love about them. I mean, Jed says that to me all the time. You've made a decision about that person that now you won't get to yeah. know them. And if you really did get to know them, I think you'd realize that they're a lot like you. Um, yeah. they, they're not as put together as you think they are. And I think you just enjoy how real they are, you know, those yeah. types of things. So it can get in the I way. I mean, I'm the same. Yeah. Which is exactly why when I first started rethinking comparison, that was the reason why, because I had some friendships in Tampa that, I mean, they, that it was just eating me alive because I didn't have what they had. And I knew I never would. 
And I was like, but I like these people. What is what is the problem here? And so that is the thing. We have to learn first how to stop the thought process and quit making the person the enemy. Even though sometimes there are times you need to step back, but we have to recognize that that's our own sinful nature, not what someone else is doing. Right. Because if the enemy can get us against other people and yes. make it seem like they're the, the enemy, he's winning in that. That's it's right. Distracting us. So back to the social media, just because that's such a big part of our mm-hmm. world. Would you suggest to people to avoid all social media, to avoid comparison that leads us down this negative path that eventually leads to sin? Or do you have some common or practical advice to how you handle social media or how you would recommend that? Yeah. I mean, I, yes and no, I I don't, I'm not the person who thinks you should totally get off social media, but I do think you have to know your personality. If you are a three, if you are familiar with the Enneagram, it may be best for you to step back (laughs) because if you're, I mean, and, and that is just knowing that, you know, my husband's a three and he's completely off of it. He has just stopped. And it wasn't really because of comparison as much as it was like, this is sucking my time. And mm-hmm. I am like, not growing at all. Like mm-hmm. this is not helping me at all. Um, and everybody's angry. So I'm off. But I do think that it's healthy for all of us to actually have time blocks mm-hmm. that we are saying, you know, this is a time we can be on social media. And this is a time I cannot, particularly if you have children, because we want to, we don't want them to spend all their time on it. And so what are we modeling? And I'm speaking to myself here because I am totally addicted to social media. It's part of my job, um, not to be addicted, but to use it as a tool. And then the whole scrolling thing, you know, the other recommendation is I have said, don't just follow all the people that you like. And some people will say, oh, that's cancel culture. It's actually not. Our brains are not wired to know what's going on in in 50 million people's lives at one time. Mm-hmm. Um, it sets off something in our head that's very similar to the flight or fight um, mode that we have. And you're not meant to live in that world all the time. If we were, we would just be ah all the time, which is exactly what we're seeing more and more anger. And then the other thing I would say that I have really started doing is on my phone, I just set... Uh, the screen time to where, you know, it doesn't come on until a certain time in the morning and it goes off at night. And then my phone just lives somewhere else during that time. And that gives your brain a break. And it's hard. It's hard. Mm -hmm. Um, I break it all the time, but I know it's the best practice. I know it's a good habit. And so um, when I mess up, I just start again the next day. So right. those are the few things that I would say. And I would just share just a little tidbit. I'm, I would say I'm not addicted to social media, but I'm addicted to other yeah. things that so don't even yeah. elevate. <laughs> My addiction is to sales. So when you guys go to Facebook, I'm looking at who's the next sale that I'm going to get. So don't feel any, you know, bad about yourself about that. But one thing That's that right. helped with Facebook, particularly for me, is just following a few people. Like it's so boring to me because I only follow like my mom, my sister in law, and my brother. You know, so it's like literally I'm through all of the updates within two seconds. Like, and then it's like I saw these yesterday. All done. Like it's over. And again, for me, it's just it. It keeps it very. I mean, I can go to it if I need it. So I could type in a friend from college that I need to check in on and see kind of what's going on. But I'm not following mm-hmm. her daily. Yeah. So that that has worked for me. Um, and then again, because I can get discontent, and I hate the feeling of discontentment. Mm-hmm. That just scrolling and looking at 
every girl in their swimsuit in the summer does nothing good for me. It only That's makes right. me neither. So it's, it's like, like me too. So I, I'm the same. I'm not going to set myself up for it. So those are little things that I'm cautious of. So yeah. how do you see comparison damaging relationships, particularly marriages, friendships? How do you see it creeping in and destroying there? Well, I mean, I think it's so similar to social media, right? When you really start thinking about the dangers of it, the pride, the envy, the shame, the resentment, they they have a great relationship and we don't. Their family is healthy and ours isn't. They're financially stable and we're not. It's like one multiplies another. You know, you, you feel resentful and then you're jealous and then you're discontent. And so it's not just one of these things that come in. It all creeps in. And we see that it happens to me. And that was what was happening to me in Tampa was I was becoming so discontent mm -hmm. with what we had, even though we were so well off, but it wasn't the same level as everyone else. And so those are the things that I see. And, and the way that I've tried really, really hard to break those cycles is daily gratitude, you know, making that list of what am I grateful for? And if you're really struggling in a relationship, let's say it's, you know, you're comparing your marriage to someone else's marriage. The best thing you can do is commit for 10 days and maybe longer to write 10 things about your marriage that you're thankful for. And that may simply be that you have a healthy husband that lays in bed beside of you at night. Mm -hmm. I mean, it may be hard to find those 10 things, but it is scientifically proven that gratitude will change your perspective. And so you see it destroying all kinds of relationships, but that would be the very first thing that I would say, whatever relationship that you're feeling like, my friendship with these people are being destroyed. Write down what about that friendship that you're grateful for. I love that. And it's so simple and easy that you can do. Yeah. And I was just thinking too, if just to protect the friendship or the marriage or whatever the relationship is, even maybe bringing that to that person to say, yes, I hate that I'm feeling this right now, but since you bought that new car or since you've been on that diet, whatever it is, it's kind of triggering you to have jealousy or discontentment, just saying, I love you, but this feeling that I'm starting to feel towards you is creeped in. And I just want you yeah. to know that because bringing light to sin, like the enemy yeah. runs from that. So I think that yes. that could be. Well, and that's the other thing too, like praying for the people that you're comparing mm -hmm. yourself to is also very, very powerful. Um, just the other day, I was really, really struggling and feeling like someone was my adversary. And I just found myself stopping to pray for them because I, I knew in that moment, even if they are becoming my adversary in this moment, one of the quickest ways to break those thoughts up is to take them before the Lord. Again, I mean, it just defeats the enemy because that's all that he's doing is trying to actually, you know, make us feel like we're back and forth and that we're not friends or we're not on the same team or we're lacking because we don't have the same things they have. And one thing that just came to my mind too, I shared last week is that our church was doing 21 days of prayer and fasting. And so I chose to fast from complaining. And I haven't mm. done it successfully for all 21 <laughs> days, but it has been on the forefront of my mind. Kind of like you're saying, if you can stop and pray for someone that you feel anger or jealousy towards, like for me, when that complaining thought has come to my mind yeah. to stop and turn it around. So it's essentially, whether it's towards my kids, I can be like, I'm just thankful I have kids yep. and that they're yeah. here with me and I get to be with them or with 
Jed, if I get frustrated when that complaining thought comes to my <laughs> mind and you know, on my tongue, oh yes. I'll be like, I'm grateful that he is here and he's a great dad. And yeah. so it's like flipping the switch right now. It's just me just stopping the negative, but the next oh, yes, girl. Would be the gratitude, <laughs> which I love yeah. that idea. So I know you gave us um, some tools there to use when we're struggling. So just stop in that moment and ask why am yeah. I on this path? And then like, is this path one that's pushing me towards godliness or one that's pushing me towards sin and despair and discouragement? Right. Is there anything else that you would suggest in this kind of fight against comparison, but that would push us towards godliness? Yeah. I mean, these are some things that I feel like can be the good fruit of comparison. And so sometimes just asking yourself these questions as well, and this is not the quick heart check, because sometimes, I mean, I've realized when when I seep into this, I need something right now. And that, that's kind of what I've done with everything that I really struggle with in a sinful way is basically what can I do right now to stop the train and then dig into it a little bit when I have more time. But, you know, is the comparison, is it helping you to implement a healthy routine is such a good, a good way to really think about anything that you're struggling with in your thought life. And that can point us more towards Christ. And I don't mean healthy routine as in, you know, things that just make us feel good. I mean, healthy routine as a whole, that's actually keeping you out of those places of comparison. Or is it helping me become more self-controlled? You know, I mean, that is a fruit of the spirit. And so just thinking about if I'm comparing myself to someone and, um, it's not really helping me in this area, then it's probably a very unhealthy form of comparison. And so you can think through that and then flip it to how can this, be, you know, maybe it's because like you said, it's a discipline. That person's really disciplined. How can I adopt their discipline? And then the other thing is always just thinking about we are, and, and I mentioned this earlier, we're to be imitators of Christ. And so that tool of saying, is that person, number one, an imitator of Christ? And that is not as a, a judgment tool, as much as it is, we have to be really careful that we're not trying to be more like the world or that we're not trying to be more legalistic and religious. So that goes both ways. And so those are the things that just kind of those extra little steps of what are the healthy things that could come out of this? That's so good. Thank you for sharing that. Welcome. And again, I would encourage people to check out your podcast, Grace Enough Podcast. It's on all the different platforms. I have it on um, my phone. So each week I listen to what Amber's Thank talking you. about. They're so good. All different topics. Very interesting. Um, so check her out. Is there any other place that people can get in touch with you or is the best place for them to go and download your podcast and leave you a review? Yeah. I mean, I'd love for you to listen and I love to hang out on Instagram and that's just um, Grace Enough podcast underscore Amber. So come by and say hi. Like Ashley, we love to hear from people who are actually listening. Exactly. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for today. You gave me a lot to think about in my little, you know, three world of which can be comparison. So just to really stop myself and check to see where that's taking me. Is it leading me towards healthy choices or is it leading me towards that discouraging despair and yeah. I think really good material to think through. So thank you so much, Amber. And I hope that you'll come and join me on here again. Sure. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. All right. See everyone next week. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.